Welcome back. It's Tom Bell here. So excited to have you on another episode. Uh, and today I'm excited to be joined by Udi Godham. And he is a business banking manager for NAB Small Business, an all-round gentleman, always looking sharp. For the people in the audio version, you may not realize, but he is dressed to the nines as always, but uh, super fun guy, super lovely. Can't wait to get into this chat. Udi, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Tom, for inviting to your lovely podcast. And uh, thank you so much for whoever is tuning in. Uh, hopefully, we might be able to share something which might be, um, you know, fruitful for everyone listening. Yeah. Yeah. Look, mate, you always um, greet um, everyone that you meet with a smile. I, I certainly loved the opportunity to get to work with you. You know, if you could be in your car, pulling out the car park, see me, and you would stop and quickly try to have a, a quick word before too many cars um, queued up behind you. And, um, you know, everybody, um, you know, I worked with you a few years ago, but even when your name's still mentioned now, people um, certainly speak very fondly of you. So, um, quite a uh, quite a treasured human being. And it obviously means that you're doing wonderful things when you're with all the different people that you um, that you come across. But for people who haven't yet come across you on their journey, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Tom. Uh, not a problem. So as you mentioned, um, Yuri Gautam, um, full name. A uh, bit tongue-twisting for the guys over here because uh, that's, a, that's a Nepalese name originated from Nepal. Um, I came to Australia towards the end of uh, 2007 um, as an international student. And since then, um, you know, I love this place and I've been living over here since then. I uh, lived in different part of Australia, of course. So I um, came to Sydney first, lived there about eight months. Um, so I found, found Sydney was not quite for me. So then moved to Queensland, um, finished my uni over here. Then uh, me and my wife, we decided to go on an adventure. Um, and we went to Darwin and lived in Darwin for two and a half years. Um, then after that, having our little one, first one, uh, we decided to be close with family. And uh, my wife's um, you know, sister and brother-in-law, they're living in um, a small country town called Toowoomba. Um, you are family of Toowoomba. So, so we decided to move to Toowoomba. Then um, we're planning to retire over there because Toowoomba is such a nice um, little town. It's a you know, country town, mix of city vibe, everything. So we're planning to retire there, of course, but my work life had different plans. So I was made redundant from the position I was in that time. Then we just thought, okay, let's move back to Brisbane where we all started. And uh, here we are back in Brisbane. Um, so on and off, we've been living in Brisbane for seven years now. Um, and as I mentioned before, um, for, for the people who are listening, who don't know where Nepal is, it's, a, it's, a, it's just in the middle of India and China, a small country with a population of about 30 mil. Um, slightly over than Australia because we've got 26 million population over here. So country is really small, size of Tassie, I would say, but, um, you know, population is a bit, bit um, you know, um, higher than here. Mm, wow. Like so much in that. Like, you know, something for me always uh, strikes me as just being so incredibly amazing is the ability to just go, you know what, I'm going to go to a different country. Like I've been to Japan once and I snowboarded. Somebody else organized the whole thing. Um, and that was it. You know, 10 days of snowboarding, one day of laying in bed <laughs> in the middle because my abs hurt too much from having to sit up out in the snow. Um, but, you know, to be able to go, you know, hey, I'm going to put my hand up and go and take a, a study, you know, option opportunity to go somewhere else. Like, has that, you know, courageous streak always been there for you since you were younger? Look, um, since I was young, I always had that dream to at least go to one country and either, 
study there or maybe spend some time over there or something as such. And um, and funny thing, I think um, my dad has got a lot to do with that as well because uh, my dad used to watch a lot of sports. Um, so I remember the channel ESPN and all the sports channel uh, back in Nepal, and he used to watch all the sports, um, either that soccer or cricket. My dad was a massive cricket fan, and uh, he used to watch cricket all the time. And uh, and um, when I, w- I used to flick channels um, towards some Nepalese source or some local channel, he used to say, okay, why don't you w- sit down with me and watch this game instead and listen to what they're saying? So that's how I learned my English as well, because um, the English commentary, my dad used to watch um, sports um, with English commentary, and uh, that triggered me so much. And I started, you know, uh, listening to them and pick up all the, you know, all the local slangs and stuff they use uh, during the telecast. So that was really um, interesting. And when I grew a bit older, I um, I got too much into cricket um, as sports, and I used to play a bit as well, just in the school level, of course. And um, at that time, Australia, you know, team, they were doing great. Uh, they were number one in test, number one in, um, you know, ODI. Of course, T20, you know, it wasn't quite there at that time. And I said, no, okay, um, let's go to Australia because I love cricket. You know, Australian people seem, you know, um, it seems to be nice. Uh, let's go to Australia. So that's how, um, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, I started when I was little and that, that's how it, it, I got triggered. And um, then, then my dad said, okay, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But what are you going to do? Um, and I had my IT degree uh, when I was back in Nepal. And uh, I always like to chat, as you mentioned before as well. I always like to, you know, um, you know, spend that two minutes with the particular person in front of me and have a bit of a chat. So I always like that. And uh, when I was in IT industry, of course, um, the you know, personal connection wasn't quite there. You are just somewhere doing your IT stuff. Um, and then I thought, no, I think maybe IT is not for me. Um, I need something which allow me to go out and, you know, spend more time with people and, you know, explore myself. So then I decided to come over here and I applied for Masters of um, Business Administration. So that's how I came here. And um, and a lot of people might not know the only option, the only way uh, people from Nepal or some, you know, um, it's, it's considered to be one of the poorest nation in the world. The only way you could come over here is if you're coming as international student. So that's how I came over here. And um, it was a bit of a shock to me when I first came over here because I was thinking, look, Australia is doing great in cricket. They're everywhere. Came over here. Then I found out we've got like thousand sports, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and um, you know, there was no any particular way, you know, people all love cricket or all love, you know, then I found out oh, there's rugby, there's IFL, there's hockey, there's um. Mm you know, all, all sorts. Um, so it was really fascinating. But, um, you know, looking back, um, I think, I, you know, I made a, a great decision coming over here. I uh, met my wife over here. Um, you know, I've got two beautiful um, daughters now um, living in here for almost 14 years. So um, I think I'm, I made a great decision. And uh, thanks to my dad as well. Um, you know, he, he supported me throughout and say, okay, if you, if you want to go to Australia and, you know, fulfill your dream, um, so be it. So um, that's, that's a bit of, bit of a background. Yeah. And like, it sounds like there's setbacks, there's redundancies, there's, you know, there's culture shock to a degree. There's, there's a whole lot of different things that are happening in your world where you seem to have a flexibility enough. Like someone who finishes a degree in IT might feel like, hang on, I've already put this time in, I've already put the money in. Um, but, you know, not only the flexibility, but a self-awareness to say, this isn't what is right for me. And then a willingness to say, actually, what does suit me now? Like, where does that self-awareness 
has come from you? Like, do you just, have you been taught to go with your gut? I mean, it sounds like there's a great, um, you know, parent influence there, but, you know, to actually make that jump again, I suppose it's courageous to, to say, well, actually, no, let me find the right fit. Where, where has that come from? Do you think like, like an inner knowing or what's that? I think it's more uh, with family uh, raising as well, I would say, because when I was little, I was really, really close with my granny. Um, she passed away a few years ago, but she used to tell me, you know, throughout my childhood, look, you know, regardless of what you're doing now when you're a kid, um, you know, the life might be different when you go out in the real world. So just be prepared of what will hit you when you go into the workforce or when you go out to see the world. So, you know, if you think you are not quite equipped with that, you know, with that particular world, or if you are not capable to face that, make yourself capable, you know, you might have spent 10 years of your time doing something, then you go and face the workforce, let's just say, for example, let's say IT, we finished my uni and went to the IT world, and then suddenly it hit me that, oh, it might be the, it might not be the right fit for me. So what I think is always, um, you know, people have to go with their, um, you know, gut feeling first, and the passion as well. So when you feel like your passion has died in that particular industry or particular field, I think you you have to find new passion. Otherwise, you might be laughing outside or smiling outside, but you might be deep down regretting on what you're doing. You might not enjoy what you're doing, which which is not a great thing to do. Because, for example, yourself, you love doing podcasts. That's why you you know you taking you know very busy time of your day to you know invest some time doing podcasts because that's what you, you love. Mm. And, um, you know, similarly, you know, I love talking with people. I love finance. I love, you know, numbers. So that's why I've been banker since 2011. So I enjoy that from inside. I love helping customers. I love talking with people. I love, you know, um, you know, meeting new people. So there might be a day come when I might feel, oh, Yuri, um, you know, I think this is not quite fit for you now. Then I think I will definitely, sit down, have a think about it, whether that's a really good thing for me to continue. If not, I think it's better for us to make that hard decision and move on to something else which might attract you or might make you more passionate rather than just killing yourself doing the thing which you might not enjoy. Yeah, that's what I feel. yeah. The passion thing's important, isn't it? And I, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, that this is really about, Hey, like unlocking souls, I suppose, from, from especially in corporate, but anyway, but, you know, People sometimes feel like, or they say that they're scared about jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. You know, it's the frog in the boiling pot. But I, I still believe that, you know, if you jump from where you're miserable, there's some risk there and, you know, whatever else. But I think you're not jumping out of the frying pan into a fire or out of the boiling pot into a fire. If you actually just take a little bit of time and it might might be a couple of steps that you need to take. You need to jump from the boiling pot to some warm water that maybe isn't exactly the place you want to get to. And that could be that you have to study or take a step down or do some other sort of job for a time um, or go to a different country and study there or whatever the opportunity might be to then get to what you really want to do. But if you don't do it, and and we we all know someone, if it isn't us ourselves, that's miserable somewhere and you're not, you know, like you're doing what you need to do to be able to keep a roof over your head and do all those things. But surely when you get to your deathbed, you're not going to look back and think, geez, I wish I'd stayed in that miserable place longer. You can still keep a roof over your head and put food on the table somewhere else doing something that you enjoy. Like you could be still in IT now and being good at it, but hating it. And and why would you want to do that? Why do that? I mean, you can always Definitely. go back to the thing you hate. You might as well give a go, give it a go, trying the things you love. 
Absolutely. I think it comes down to comfort zone as well, because that's what I tell a lot of my friends as well, because I have seen firsthand, um, especially in the corporate world, it's a really, really funny world, right? Because some part of corporate world, people might love what they do, and there might be over 50% of the people who might be in the really good position, um, you know, with really good perks, and, you know, they are, they are, they are living high-fly life, but deep inside, you know, they, they, they might not like what, did they, what they're doing or the passion would have died. Or, you know, they are just living in their comfort zone at the moment. Okay, now I'm doing this job for 10 years, 15 years, let's say. I've got good, you know, good income. I've got good connections. Um, you know, people, you know, people worship me. People follow me. People come to listen to me. But, hey, I don't like this job, but that's only one thing. I can just hide that. Family, you know, their family are living good life. We've got roof over our head, um, you know, money to money to spend. So that might be the feeling. So, you know, comfort zone, I would say. And I, th I think it's really, really dangerous at the moment because, of course, we all went through COVID situation. And I take the COVID situation as one positive in there because a lot of people um, who are living in the comfort zone, I think the COVID gave them, gave them a bit of a, you know, kind of a push to say, hey, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, this is the time that you can go out and explore. And I've seen so many people changing careers. Some people would have been working in the corporate world and they just thought, no, I want to go to uni and study something else. Or, you know, I, I had a few friends, um, career bankers, uh, 25, 30 years um, doing banking, you know, um, and they decided to go to uni and study something completely different than banking. And some decided, no, I just want to get in the flower business. Um, mm. And I had one gentleman, um, you know, who decided to retire and go and work at Bunnings because it was a dream to work at Bunnings since he was a teenager, but he didn't, he couldn't do that because uh, his family wanted him to be a banker. So he was banker for 40 odd years. And now in his sixties, um, he decided to go to Bunnings and, you know, work as, you know, um, Bunnings, you know, customer service guy. And he's loving that. Um, mm. So, you know, it's all comfort zone, I think. So yes, it is hard uh, initially, to jump out of that comfort zone because you might have been in that zone for many, many years. Um, so it's just a matter of time. As someone says, you know, um, you know, you might be losing few battles uh, would prepare you to win a war. So yes, um, you know, there would be a battle. You might not be able to fight with that properly, but hey, um, if you have determination and if you decide what you want to do down the track, I think you will be in the right place. That's what, that's mm. what I feel. Mm, I like that. And so from your perspective, what's your definition of success? Look, um, success can be, any, so it can, so for some people, it can be a huge thing. Some, for some people, it might be just a simple matter. So what I feel is when you sit back and think about whatever you have achieved so far, any, if you feel proud of that, so you might, you might have achieved just a small thing. You might have, let's just say you've got love, you know, beautiful wife, you've got two kids, um, you can you can live okay life. You know, everyone is healthy and happy at family. That might be success for you. For someone, success might be okay. Um, you you've got high end um, you know flash vehicle, you know a few few properties, um, you know a few million dollars sitting in your bank account. So for some people, that might be success. So but but for me, as long as you're happy inside what you've achieved, and um, you don't feel um, guilty of what you've done because you might have done various things to get into the success level. But if you can put your put your hand in your heart and say, okay, no, I haven't done anything wrong to get all the success, whatever I have now, and you can feel in peace, I think that that's what I, I call success, you know. 
as you as long as you can say proudly what you've done so far to you know get into the position i think that's success so that people cannot point finger at you down the track and say okay yeah i can see you're successful but you did x y and z which mm. wasn't good or mm. which was not you know more morally correct or something else such yeah you're wealthy but the 32 grandmas you knocked over and took their handbags it's not a good 100%. thing right so it's like it was like a soul score you want your soul yep. your skull your soul is scoring um points as you go along and the closer that you are aligned to living with integrity and living your own true path that's 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 ultimately achieving success 100 100 yeah it's a different way of measuring success but um yeah you have you have to be comfortable of you know comfortable with the position how we got there i would mm. say yeah i like it um no grandmas were hurt in the filming of or in the in the making of um, 100 not. <laughs> um, and so you know you've already talked about a lot of things like you know there's courage there there's flexibility there your self-awareness but are there any other ingredients that you know have contributed to your success yes um i would say never ever forget people who helped you in your career either that can be personal personal um, path as well. So, for example, um, when I first got into banking back in 2011 um, up in Darwin, uh, BOQ, um, the manager who hired me, I'm still in touch with him, even though, you know, it's been geez, 11 years already. Um, so he taught me a lot. So I'm still in touch with him. So um, then I went to a different bank and started working over there. And I, I had so many mentors in my life um, who taught me various things. I have never forgotten them. I am still in touch with them. Um, you know, I every now and then I always call them and say, hey, uh, thank you again for whatever you've done. Um, so they, you know, for them, they might think, oh, no, I'll just help Yuri because it's just a kind of, um, you know, normal rhythm or that was their responsibility, you know, for them to help me. But as a receiver on my end, I take it in a different way. So if they wouldn't have me in my life, my life would have gone in a different direction. So for me, um, you know, I always feel like, um, and my granny used to say as well, I'll just bring my granny again, is stay humble and grounded wherever you are, because that will keep you successful for a long run. Never ever forget people who have been there when you needed them. Um, you know, it, it might be your family member, it might be your work colleague, it might be your superiors, or it might be someone, you know, who would have, you know, um, who would have been junior to you, but you you might have been able to get something out of them. So that's what that's what I feel. So never ever forget anyone um, in your life journey. Um, stay humble um, and and so gratitude as well because you know these days um, we feel really really shy or we, we just take it as granted. So you know, thank you is such a small thing, a small word, right? But um, you know, if you can express that thank you in a better way to someone who would have done something for you, that might mean a lot to that person. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just a small, small thing uh, which we take for granted. But um, you know, it's just the matter of never ever forget how we got you know got there in the first position. I love that you've explained that and that you exude those qualities. And so, um, you know, it, is, it sounds like that congruence for you, uh, living in alignment is happening and that you do live, live what you say, which is really lovely. Um, you know, but you, you would be, I guess, seen as like a master networker. Do you know whether I get again, you from the humble position may not necessarily say it, but um, you know, looking in you and even just hearing that, like, What's your plan of attack? Like you just, you've got a, a free minute and it's like, well, instead of scrolling down TikTok or, uh, you know, some social media stream um, that you think, well, I've got a spare moment here. I might as well 
um, contact someone, think of someone, go somewhere, visit someone. You were just talking about one of the other mobile lenders that you, you know, you, that you visited. Um, you know, so it's like, what is, what is driving the networking thing? So I already know that there's that care and wanting to give thanks and, and stay connected, but how is it that you're able to actually then make that happen? Because I'm, I'm sure that plenty of people listening would love to be in contact with people, you know, maybe, they even might feel a bit strange contacting some people because it's like, well, it's been 11 years since you worked in that job. Does that person still mm-hmm. want to hear from me? How is it that you stay so connected and do it so well? Look, it's just a matter of, um, you know, having that honest and open conversation, I would say, because what is happening these days is people are taking networking in um, in a different way as well. So sometimes people would think networking means, you know, you doing networking because you want something out of that. That is completely wrong. So yes, you know, you know, there might be a you know final product down the line. You might be getting something out of that particular person, right? But at the moment, whoever is standing in front of you, or whoever have given precious two or five minutes of their time, um, is really important. So when you've got the time, whenever you're networking, whenever you meet new people, what I try to do is I try to find what is common between us. I try to find the story of their life. I, you know, I. I Whenever there's any networking event or anything, I says I do not like to talk about you know what I do um, for living or you know there will be element of that, but you know I always start from you know where you live, you know how, how is your family like, are you loving what you do, what your passions are, everything, and that um, you know that gives you that human connection. And more you have got human connection, you can be better at making relationship with with new people. I would say. Um, you know, I have um, I have experience firsthand um, in a few of the networking events I, I went a few years ago, and uh, that time it was pretty much like, okay, you you catching up with someone just to hand over your business card. Hey, um, I do X, Y, and Z um, with my business. Um, you know, let us know if you if you need any hand or anything as such. So the time has changed a bit now, um, which is, which is great to see. But we are still not there. But as long as we don't keep we don't take networking as the selling point or to gain something out of that. You know, I, I, I think we, we can do better. So when you're networking, just spend some time, get to know the person, have human, human chat, not some sort of robotic sales pitch. Um, as long as you can do that, people will appreciate you as well. And down the track, look, it might lead to, you know, some professional um, outcome or some business outcome. So be it, that's, that's down the track, but try to make that human connection and the human relationship first before you're jumping into something else. So I think that's what, um, you know, was lacking in the past and I'm slowly going towards that, um, you know, rhythm at the moment, which is, which is great to see. So networking for you is less get more connect. And then you just Absolutely. check back in, check Absolutely. back in as, as a matter of, of grateful that you had the connection in the first place. And so that if you connect once, it's not a connection unless you stay connected. Absolutely. And I, I even say that because, you know, I've seen in my life as well. So, for example, for example, let's just take you and me, right? So I have, um, we used to work for RSCQ. Um, it's been, I, I didn't even realize it's been 22 months since I left RSCQ, but we, we stayed in touch. There, mm-hmm. There's never in our conversation, we talked about, hey, um, I do X, Y, and Z. Can you help me with something? Or, you know, you do, you do X, Y, and Z. Can you help me with something? You've never said that. I've never said that. So I think this is the true uh, picture of how the networking and how the relationship need to be maintained because yes we are still in touch with each other you know we know what's happening in each other's world um every now and then we say hello either that's via social media or whatever that is but you know keep that keep that connection because 
you know, with all the technology and everything coming in, yes, there are so many social media out there, but we are anti-social at the moment. We just try to, you know, scroll, you know, have a bit of exercise with our thumb, you know, scrolling <laughs> the pages and everything, but quite the human, you know, connection is not quite there. So, you know, I think it's it's more than ever, we need proper human networking, proper human connection, and that interaction with each other. Either that might be once a month, six a month, once in a six month, doesn't matter. But, you know, keep keep connected. Um, just say, just send one message saying, hi, you know, saw your post, you know, saw you doing X, Y, and Z, you're doing great. You know, that, that will cheer that person up as well. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of, you know, you know, just, just, just be, put people first. That's, that's all I would say. Yeah. And it seems like you do have a genuine desire to lift others up. And so you, I see you doing that with a positive attitude that you're right, you know, the ripple effects from just your attitude. Uh, and then on top of that, how you treat other people with, with little gestures and bigger ones. Um, how about when, how about when it's, turned on yourself so during harder times what is it that you're saying to yourself you know doing or whatever else to get yourself back to feeling positive and and you know on the path again moving forward look yeah i've, I've seen really hard times um when i first came to australia i'll just go back i'll just go back to my uni days when i first came over here you know towards the end of 2007 i would say um gfc had just hit and australia was just grappling with you know all, all the job market and everything and uh it was really hard for someone from overseas to come over here, try to learn the language properly, try to learn the culture, try to fit in the workspace and everything. So it was really hard. So I remember when I first um, landed here, my friend took me to this um, you know, accommodation where he was living. Um, it was a five-bedder house with 25, um, 28 um, international students living in that house. It had one bathroom, one kitchen. Five-bedder house, 28 people. And um, I even remember, you know, the, um, you know, the mattress I was slipping in, it was one of the dump mattress from the curbside oh, um, in Sydney, Sydney West. So, so that was the situation and being jobless for about, you know, four and a half months. I, um, I went to all the part of Sydney with my resume in my bag just to get some sort of job so that I can at least have my pocket money. So it, it was, it was a really hard situation, but in my mind, I always had this feeling, hey, um, yes, you, you're going through the hard time, but this is not permanent. Yeah, it might be there for four months, five months, six months, but time will come when things will, things will change. So it was just, you know, keeping in back of the mind, thinking, okay, it's not permanent. It's not permanent. Don't give up. It's not permanent. It's just a temporary, you know, four months, six months, seven months, you, you know, you will, you will get in the right place. So, you know, a lot of time, of course, we're human, right? So we tend to give up quite easily. Um, I'm not trying to boast anything as such. At that time, I would have given up and went back to my country, right? Um, you know, I would have been in a different place. You know, um, back in Nepal, um, you know, to get a good job, you have to have really good political connection. Either you have to have, you know, connection in really hierarchy of the political parties or some, you know, big figures, then you can get a proper job, even though you might have, you know, first class degree, you know what to do, do and everything. So if I would have given up my dream over here in Australia back in 2011 and, um, and given up myself and saying, now nah, it's too much. I don't want to leave here. I don't want to sleep on the, you know, dump mattress. I don't want to share a room with 28 other guys. I'll go back to the pool. This, you know, the life would have been different. So whenever you face hard time, I always say, look, um, you know, 
think, try to take positive out of that. Because at the moment when I go back, I say, oh, it's, it's glad that I went through that hard situation because that will teach, whenever you go through a hard situation and you know, um, get success down the track in your life, you take it in a very, very humble way. You think, okay, yes, I did all those things. That's why I'm here. So for example, if I would have come over here, if I would have known someone, you know, if I wouldn't have seen any hard time, then I think I wouldn't have appreciated of whatever I've done so far. I would have the night, it just came easy to me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have that appreciation inside me um, on whatever I've achieved so far. So I think whatever happened in the past, all the hard, hard life I had to see, I feel really, really um, good. Uh, because I had to go through that situation because I think that that prepared me to face the workforce here, that prepared me to tackle how how you you know tackle the situation, that prepared me on how to stay humble, that prepared me you know to to get ready for any hard situation what might what might come down the track. So yeah. Isn't that interesting? Hey, so like pain and out of our comfort zone and all of these sorts of things, the challenges, the obstacles, you know, it's what makes us who we are. Like you're looking back, why is it not easier in the time when those yeah. things are happening to be like, yippee, you know, like, like dump mattress, here we come. Like, I can't wait. Like, you know, I suppose you've got to be real about it. Like it is a challenging time, but knowing that that's going to lead if you don't give up, because it's almost like the battles thing that you mentioned, that's a, a battle you know you didn't lose the war because you kept you kept at it you didn't quit you didn't and, and who knows what might have happened if you did quit like thank goodness you didn't because you know you've been you know such a tremendous part of so many people's lives here um but it is a funny one just to think that uh, the pain it sometimes is hard to see at the time that it will eventuate into into something much better if you let it the pearl the pearl 100 percent, yeah it just to stick in there you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know, I think believe in yourself, you know, as long as, because sometimes what happens is, you know, in the hard time, we forget, we, we stop believing in ourselves. That's the, that's the magic. Once you stop believing in yourself, you derail from there. You know, there might be different factors which might be pushing you up. Okay, now you, you can do it or Tom, you can do it. But if you inside, ah, oh, you, you can't do it. And you are saying that inside you, and your mind is saying that, I think there's no, you know, power or there's no, you know, magic in the world which can lift you up. So it's all in your core. As long as you don't let yourself down and don't feel yourself down, I think I think you can you can come up and um, you know you face any any obstacle in your life. Do you have any like pump me ups? Do you have any like you know you're heading to a client meeting or you you know is it are you whacking on some ACDC or, or Nepal's greatest hits or so is there is there you know like a, a speaker is there a thing that you read a self talk affirmation is there something that you're going through to like bump bump yourself up lift lift your spirits? Um, there's nothing in particular. I, I try to fiddle through um, anything, whatever come come across. So, you know, um, I you know I went through a few of the um, you know few of the talks from Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty good. Um, and and any any random people. Sometimes even um, you know you know I might be having chat with one of my colleagues, and they might say something. You know that that might trigger me. So I don't have any you know. Um, bigger you know charismatic figure or anything as such who i listen to it's just a matter of sometimes it just comes in so sometimes even I'm, i might be able to get something mind-blowing from my nine years old daughter mm. you know um just for, for example um you know i i never thought that in in the past she said you know my younger one said um she's she's six now she said daddy be happy um, um what what did she say okay you get what you get you don't get upset 
right? Mm. Um, that never triggered in my mind. And, um, and then I said, like, oh, that's, that's correct, yes. Um, and, and I learned that from my six years old. <laughs> so mm. um, it's just a matter of, you know, there are, so many, there are so many things which might provide you, you know, positive impact in your life or positive feeling. It's just a matter of how you're taking it. That's also, you know, you know, I, I try to grab it from any, any anyone, any anything. Yeah, a readiness and a willingness to take it from anywhere. Because sometimes people yeah. might be like, "Hey, you're six. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You're yeah. six. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty wise. So yeah, why be, not? Be, that, that's what I always say as well. So um, you know, be open to learn new things. Because um, yes, you might be expert in your field, whatever you're doing, right? But there might be something you might be able to learn from six years old, or you might be able to learn from 80 years old. So you know what you know. So to be open, um, be open to learn new things. Never, never be ashamed. You know, never be ashamed to ask questions because sometimes people think, okay, um, that guy might be able to help me, but my, my question might be really, really stupid to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case. Um, you are never stupid asking questions. You are never stupid learning new things. Be, be open, you know, you might be 35 and you want to learn playing guitar. Just be it, go and do it. You might be 40 and want to want to want to go back to you know high school because you might not you might not have got that you know um, chance to go to school right do that you know um, change your passion you know change, you know do what you feel like doing you know follow your guts follow your passion and always open to learn new things because there are so many things out there in the world which we have got no idea about so if you want to learn be out you know, keep yourself open, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Well, the Bunnings guy is a perfect example of that, isn't it? Because, you know, from whatever whatever title or position of prestige, if banking is enough, you know, to go, you know, for your family to be proud of you, but deep down, you know, that you just want to talk to people about all the different nuts and bolts and, and you know, whatever it is in the in the Bunnings world that, that tickles your fancy. Sometimes I can get lost in Bunnings just for hours, yeah. wandering yeah. around and imagining things, um, you know, but some people can't get past that. Some people can't get past the fact that, yes, I would love it and it would feel right. But then how would I explain to people? Or if I run into that banker and he comes in to ask me for advice, I'm no longer senior vice yeah. president of awesome place, right? Yeah. I'm just guy at Bunnings, but he needs help and you love it. So you're going to give him good help and it'll probably be the best service he's ever gotten. 100 if people don't want you to be happy and go and do what they want, then they're probably not people that you necessarily want in your life. Like they're, they're probably, have you found that? I mean, you're for someone that's so connected and so caring about people, have you had to separate yourself from certain people in life and go, okay, look, that's just not someone or people or a path. If I, if I hitch myself to this person's wagon, it's going somewhere I don't want to be. Is, is that something that you're mindful of? Yeah, hundred percent. Because look, um, you know, you can be what you surround yourself with. Um, you know, you come across um, different variety of people, uh, different mindset, different walk of life, um, different thinking, different as and does and everything, right? Um, so I, you know, whenever that's why, especially with the networking as well. So whenever I'm having chat with someone, I I, I think I can you know read that person um, in about three or five minutes of the chat, because if some, if let's say I'm having chat with you and you start, you know, you you said. 10 sentence and out of 10 sentence, nine sentence are all towards the negativity. I don't think we can connect there mm. because, um, you know, if you, if you surround yourself with the people with all the negative thoughts, you will definitely go into that, go into that segment. If you surround yourself with all the people with the positivity, you will definitely think that way as well. So I always feel 
that you have to be surrounded yourself with the like-minded people and the positive people, I would say. They don't need to be rich. They don't need to be really, really successful in their life. They don't need to be superstars or, you know, um, guns in the field. But as long as they've got the positivity inside them and they can cheer you up when required, or they can just sometimes knock on you, you know, forward and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. You know, hey, you come back. Um, you know, you, you need that kind of, um, you know, people around you, I would say. So I definitely, you know, I've got I've got friends in that territory as well, of course, because we're human, right? So, but I try to focus on the people who I might be able to, you know, get a positivity out than the negativity outside. Mm, mm, that's more what resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, being proud of your achievements and, and being able to look in the mirror. Is there any moments that you look back on in your life and you're like, this is something that I'm most proud of? Yes, absolutely. So um, I think um, I think I would say it would be the time when I first got the banking gig, uh, just to be honest, um, back in 20, uh, 2011 with BAQ up in Darwin. Uh, because my dad is a career banker. Um, mm. He started, um, he, he, he worked for Reserve Bank back in Nepal, um, and he was there for 33 years. Um, he wanted to retire a few years ago. And um, looking at him, it was always my dream to be to be like my dad because, you know, back in the days of banking was, um, you know, it's kind of a really, really, you know, even, even now it's a really, really demanded business, demanded industry, but there, you know, the, the kind of persona you get being a banker. So, you know, pretty much all the neighbor used to know my dad and even the, oh, that's, you know, XYZ son, um, you know, um, everything. So I, I looked up to my dad and I always wanted to get into, um, you know, finance industry. And when I first got the job, um, you know, at BOQ back in 2011, I was really, really happy. And I called my dad and said, hi, dad, guess what happened? Um, I got the banking gig and he was really, really happy. Uh, um, you know, he said, okay, yeah, that's okay. But, you know, I called my mom later and, um, you know, he, and mom said that he was really, really proud. Of course, you know, dad tend not to say that they're proud of the kids, right? They try to keep mm. it inside normally, mm. traditional dads. But uh, yeah, so that, that would be the proudest moment, I would say, um, because, you know, going through all the hardship, what I had to go through when I first came over here and, you know, finishing my uni, um, and not being able to get a proper job and then going to different place, uh, different scenario, different different vibe, and then managing to get that um, get that dream job that that was a really, really proud moment. I like it. I like it. And it's, I think it was another tear-jerking moment. I've managed to hold the tears in, but that's lovely, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? I mean, how many people here would just love to do their dad or do their mum proud, you know, like where that you've lived something, you've done something? Because, you know, you grow up and you look up, look up to these people and in, in not in every family situation, but in a lot, like, you know, they, they hold such a high level of prestige. Like I, even for my dad, I'd love to do something one day where it's like, you know, he would be genuinely proud of the thing that I've done. And I've, I've had to do a lot of work to kind of like try to split away from that to say it's, it doesn't necessarily matter because him and I are very different. So there's similarities, yeah. but so different. Like the idea of my dad just sitting down and running his own podcast is like a two and a 10, two out of 10 um, likelihood of that ever happening. Um, yeah. You know, so he, he, he's probably like the turtle uh, and I'm probably trying to be more like the hare in the race, yeah. you know, it's slow and steady and, and I'm more here, I'm there. Um, but it is, it is certainly a nice feeling though, when you've, when that um, feeling inside is met. So it's lovely that you got to experience that. Absolutely. And um, I think, uh, you know, 
the, the proudness is always attached with when it when the proudness is attached with the family i think it keeps you more pleasure i believe you know either your you know kids are you know proud of you of whatever you've achieved or your you know partner or your dad and mom so it's always a great feeling when your you know relative or your your parents come to you and say hey i'm proud of whatever you've done either that's a small thing a big thing because if your parents or your relative are saying something that they are genuinely saying that it's coming from their heart and they really, really appreciate what you've done so far. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to have appreciation from the, you know, family members also. Yeah. Mm. And so if this was like a, um, like an obstacle course race, like you, you are really navigating the obstacles of life incredibly well from, from a different country to dumpster mattress to sharp as they get um, and, and succeeding in, in, you know, everything that you sort of put your mind to um, what would your tips be for, for people that might be, they might be stuck. They might be just wanting, they might be doing okay and want to achieve greater levels of success, but what would be your three level three tips for gra- achieving greater levels of success? Um, I'll just have to repeat a few of the things which I've said already. So I always say, you know, just do what you love and what you're passionate about. Because if you, if you don't do that, you're lying to yourself, okay? Then whatever you do, be humble, stay grounded all the time, open to learn new things, you know, never say no to learning new things from anyone around you. And never, ever forget um, in the people who have helped you in a journey, you know, it might be your colleague, it might be your, you know, boss, uh, whoever that is. And um, surround yourself with genuine people who care about you, because that's really important, because they are the people will tell you whether you're doing right or you're doing wrong. Um, if you need a bit of a push or you need a bit of a kick as well sometimes, you know, so um, that, that'll be three tip I would say, you know, do what you love and passionate about, surround yourself with genuine people, always open to learn new things and never ever forget people who have helped you um, to be where you are now. I like it. And so for people that might want to work with you or if they, you know, want to follow along on social media or, you know, it's maybe it's a small business person here thinking like, geez, I really wish I could, um, you know, connect with someone that would genuinely serve me. Uh, what's the best way for people to follow you? And, and maybe even from your perspective, who the right um, people, if they were looking to do business with you, who they might be? Look, um, you know, LinkedIn would be the best option, um, which, um, you know, um, a lot of people are into these days. So um, you can simply search my name, UD Gautam, that's U-D-I, surname G-A-U-T-A-M um, in LinkedIn and I'll be there. Look, I'm open for any, any sort of connection. Um, you know, I like to know people from different different demography. Um, you might be, you know, you might be, um, you know, podcast um, runner like yourself or you might be you know business banking from another bank or you might be politician or you might be because there's always something which we can learn from each other so you know anyone who is interested in my story and anyone who'd like to reach out more than happy to reach out we might be able to you know uh, grab a coffee sometime or that we might be able to find something um, in common down the track so you know I'm you know because as I mentioned before as well human networking and human relationship is quite important at this moment so would be would be keen to um you know get in touch with anyone uh, who who might you know find this conversation um helpful mm, i love it Udi, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat mate this has been um you know a, a wonderful chat i knew it would be um you know so i'm glad that you that you said yes to coming and having a chat but um again massive massive thank you for taking the time to to come on and have a talk 
No, thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, um, when, you, when you reached out, um, I had to think for a moment, okay, Tom has invited me to speak on his podcast. Am I, have I achieved anything massive to be on his podcast? Then you said, no, nah, you did just a you know, friendly chat. Um, you know, then I say, okay, because I was a bit hesitant um, at first. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you for providing the opportunity and uh, hopefully someone will find my story um, you know, interesting. Um, and, um, you know, and, and thanks for your time as well, yeah. You're welcome, bud. And for everyone that's tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Uh, I'm Tom Bell, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode.